Israel is in turmoil. If you haven't seen the news, I encourage you to go and have a look. There are photographs of thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of people protesting in Tel Aviv. The most right-wing government Israel has ever had is trying to reform the laws to allow the Supreme Court to be better controlled by the parliament. And people are protesting it everywhere. It wasn't much different 2,000 years ago. In fact, those of us who have watched Israel all of our lives think it's often been a place of turmoil. And it was true in Jesus' time. It was the most difficult province that Rome was trying to control. They were constantly putting down small revolts and what they called terrorists. There was one just at the time, just prior to the time of Jesus' birth. We're not 100% sure when Jesus was born, but around that time that would have damaged so many of the areas in which Jesus grew up. We often think about Jesus' time in Israel based on the, photo, the, the photographs, the pictures that many of us saw as children in Bibles. All these beautiful pastel shades, very peaceful place, palms everywhere, people sort of sitting around in bedsheets looking happy and fine. It was not that kind of place at all. It would be better described as more like Afghanistan is today. A country constantly in turmoil, constantly overrun by one superpower or another. Britain, Russia, the USA, constant fighting to control the place. That's the kind of land that Israel was when Jesus was alive and when he was born. And now we've got a reading where Jesus enters Jerusalem at Passover. The whole city, the text says, was in turmoil. This word turmoil basically means earthquake. The, we, the Greek word is the word we get seismic from, which means earthquake. And it's only mentioned three times in the Gospel of Matthew. One, when Herod hears from the three magi that we often, the, we often call the three wise men. We don't know if they were three. We don't know they were men. We have no idea whether they were wise, but that's how we describe them often. When Herod heard that they were looking for the one born king of the Jews, it says the place was seismic, it was in turmoil. And again, here, and then finally, at the moment of Jesus' death, there's a literal earthquake, the Gospel of Matthew tells us. A seismic moment. So the place is in turmoil. And that's fair enough, because here they are celebrating celebrating. Passover And Passover is the great event when Israel, the, the Jews, the, the Hebrews were freed from Egypt, the great superpower of the day. They celebrate the moment when the tiny nation of the Hebrews manages to conquer Egypt enough to escape and to form their own place. That's the story of the Exodus. And here they are celebrating it again under the heel of another superpower. It's hard to, under, to overestimate the importance of Passover. If we were to combine Australia Invasion Day with Federation Day, with Anzac Day, with Easter, and every other public holiday we could possibly imagine, put them all together, we still wouldn't come to the deep cultural significance of Passover. 
And here they are, celebrating it once again under the heel of a superpower. Here they are celebrating it once again under the heel of Rome. This image on the wall, and if you're listening to this on the podcast, it's an image uh, by Banksy, the British artist. Uh, This is on the walls of Bethlehem, and it's called Donkey Documents. And there's an Israeli soldier checking the documentation of the donkey before the donkey is allowed to pass through the barriers that Palestinians must pass through, pass through every day in order to get to work on the walls that cut right through Jerusalem, the West Bank, Gaza, and near Bethlehem itself. This is what's going on here. And Jesus enters Jerusalem at this very moment. Pilate enters Jerusalem at this very moment too because you can't have Passover without an enormous collection of Roman soldiers to keep control. And it's so important and it's so fragile that if the, if the governor himself is not there and something goes wrong, the governor gets blamed and Rome comes in. So everybody's tense, everybody's under pressure. Pilate comes in from the west. So he comes in from Caesar Maritima, which is the Roman garrison fort on the coast built by Herod, built to show Rome his connection to Rome, his cultural connection to Rome, his importance in Rome. And they built this glorious, one of the most sophisticated port cities of the time. That's the Roman garrison. That's where Pilate lives. It's cooler, it's ocean breezes, and it's away from the crazy Jews. But every Passover, he has to turn up with with the legionnaires and keep control. So he's coming from the west with all the Roman power. Jesus, the text tells us, is coming from Bethpage, which is in the east. And the east, of course, is where the Garden of Eden is. If you remember your second chapter, uh, the, the second story about creation in the second chapter of Genesis, God creates a garden in the east. Roman power, God's garden. Pilate comes from a fortress. Jesus comes from an ordinary village. Pilate comes on a war horse to show Roman power and control. Jesus comes on a donkey, a long, long time symbol of peace. Pilate, with a bunch of legionnaires, many of whom are forced into service in the Roman army. Jesus comes with a group of people who choose to follow him. Pilate has a crowd welcoming him who were forced to be there. Jesus has a crowd welcoming him who were willing to be there. Pilate carries the precious Roman legion eagle made of gold. Roman legions hung on to these things and if they ever lost them, it would be the death of the legion. It would be devastating. It's more precious than you could possibly imagine. They carry that aloft. Jesus' followers carry branches from trees that are available everywhere that have no worth or do they have the worth of creation? And they shout out, Hosanna, son of David. Hosanna means save us. Now bring us into new life is another way of meaning of the 
meaning of Hosanna. Hosanna, son of David, save us. But that's what Caesar is doing. All through the Roman Empire, Caesar is the saviour of the world. It's chiselled into stone everywhere. And they say, Hosanna, son of David. And David, of course, was the king of Israel's golden age, the day, the moment, for a short period of time, in between the, ri- the fall of one superpower and the rise of another, there was this golden moment of kingdom of Israel, complete and one and on its own. A challenge to Rome, if ever there was one. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Caesar is the Lord. Pilate is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And if you don't know it, it's blazoned all over the uniforms and the banners that the soldiers carry. Caesar is the Lord. Who is this Jesus? Hosanna in the highest heaven, heaven being everywhere. But of course, the world is controlled by Caesar. Rome controls the whole known world. If you don't get it now, you might never get it. This is political theatre at its very best. This is street theatre. This is politics being done in a completely different way. This is, in one sense, a joke. Everyone gets it. Pilate's coming in here. Jesus is coming in here. People know what's going on. It's a challenge to Rome. But it's not the normal kind of challenge. Jesus doesn't arm his followers with swords and spears. They've got branches from trees. This is a direct challenge to Rome. Is it the power of Rome in the West or is it the wisdom that comes from the East? Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus has already told us who the blessed are in what we call the Beatitudes, the blessings. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. These aren't the words of power and control. They're not the words of domination. But they are the words of the kingdom of God. Or as it's called in Matthew, the kingdom of heaven. We're about to pray in a few minutes, your kingdom come. Now we pray it over and over again and it feels like a nice little prayer for people who are religious to say. But to say it in Jesus' day was to say, we're done with that kingdom. We're looking for a new kingdom. It was an immensely political act, just as it was to say, Jesus is Lord, as Paul does all the way through his writings in the latter part of the New Testament. Because everywhere you could look, there would be signs that said, Caesar is Lord. The kingdom of God, the world that God is bringing into being, is not going to look like a kingdom of control and power. Remember all the stories we've heard. It's very small and easily missed. It's one sheep in a hundred. It's a small treasure in a huge field. It's a seed buried in the ground. There's a deliberate contrast between these two events, between power and control and the quiet coming of a new world. And one more thing. The crowds spread their cloaks on the road. Cloaks are the things that give us protection. They give us status. They give us a sense of who we are. They hide us from each other. 
If we're going to experience the kingdom as God wants it to be, the coming up from underneath, the coming in from the east, the quiet, small, never stopping, always growing kingdom, we're going to have to do the same. I know we've got palms everywhere, but look. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, I've got a coat. In fact, it's a suit jacket. And we blokes know that if you wear one of those, you're protected, aren't you? You look like you know what you're talking about, especially if you wear a tie as well. This is the suit of the 20th century. This is the cloak that we believed in. And they took it off. And they threw it down on the floor. And that's the challenge to us. Because it's all there for us, but we have to be open to it. We have to be welcoming it. And it's hard. It's small. And it grows in us. And sometimes you can't see it and sometimes you forget. Now, we've got palms everywhere, which is nice because, well, I don't know why it's nice. Because it's not mentioned anywhere in the Gospel except the Gospel of John. We're in the Gospel of Matthew this year and there's nothing there about palms. It's all about branches. My suggestion to churches, and I've been using this in a few places, is not palms, but she-oaks. Because she-oaks are Australian. They're actually very southern Australian. They're all over the, uh, the, the country now, but they're southern Australian. And the good thing about she-oaks is they've got leaves all over them, but they're really, really easy to miss. You need a microscope to see the leaves on a she-oak. Next time you go past one, and I bet you do on your way home, have a look. You have to pull a little branch off and you have to look at the leaves, but you really will need a magnifying glass at least. You can feel them if you run your hand down them. They're small. They're easy to miss. It's easy to say, well, she-oaks, they never have leaves. They're covered in them. That's why I reckon we should be using she-oaks and not palms. Because it's small, it's coming. It's always coming. But we can easily miss it. There'll be a whole bunch of people marching on the Palm Sunday Peace March in a little while. Two o'clock this afternoon, Victoria Square up to North Terrace. Do it every year. Sometimes there's a lot of people, sometimes not very many. Doesn't make any difference because it's telling the same story. This is coming. It's coming all the time in us, all through us whether we want it to or not, whether we feel inspired or not. Some people will go on the march full of life. Some people go, well, I suppose I'd better go, so I'll turn up. doesn't matter. The same story is being told over and over again. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Who are the blessed? You. Me. I know that doesn't make any sense. Because it isn't supposed to be the the powerful and the rich or isn't it supposed to be the pious the real Christians the ones who are much better at this than I am not according to Jesus it's all of us so welcome to Palm Sunday and welcome to the journey of Holy Week. This whole week that will end this time next week in a whole different story, which is part of this story. Amen.